You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 96. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we answer two listener questions on two companies that could not be more different. The first, CryptoLogic Corp, symbol CRY on the CSE. Is it a payment processor, a crypto miner, or a cannabis producer? Frankly, the company itself appears unsure. Nevertheless, a listener asks us if this company is worth his hard-earned dollars. Our second company is one of, if not the biggest business success stories of the past decade, Amazon.com Inc., symbol AMZN on the NASDAQ, the world's largest online retailer. Shares in the online giant have been on a long-term tear, averaging an annual return of over 40% over the past five years and are up 35% over the past 12 months. Our star of the week is NVIDIA Corp, symbol NVDA on the NASDAQ. NVIDIA focuses on personal computing graphics, graphics processing units in the GPU, and on artificial intelligence. The stock was up around 16% this week and is up 80% in the past six months. We examine what is driving the gains and whether it can continue. I'd like to welcome again my two co-hosts, Aaron and Brennan. How are you guys doing today? Uh, Very good. How are you? I'm excellent, Brennan. Yeah, no, I'm doing well. Can't complain. That's all anybody really cares yeah. about is how Brennan's Brennan. Brennan, how are Thanks, you guys. doing? We Thanks. all want to know the listeners. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. It's sunny in Saskatoon today, so yeah, blue bluebird day. Yeah, it's awesome. Did you it's say it's a bluebird day? Snow on the ground. Did you say it's a bluebird yeah, day? I, yeah, isn't that what people call it? Bluebird day. Isn't that? Uh, <laughs> I've never heard that. I'm sorry. But yeah, there's a lot of snow on the ground still, Aaron. Okay. It must be just a Saskatchewan thing, just like supper. Yes, supper. We call it dinner, but you, you're <laughs> free to call it supper. Yes. Cool. Now, um, yeah, you had a listener question for our Ask Us Anything yes. segment, I believe. Yes, so right? we had a question come in from Sanjay. Uh, He says, I recently became a client uh, and I see that you provide sell recommendations. If I don't currently hold the stock you recommend selling, would you advise me to short it? So, yeah, just could you guys shed some light on that? Aaron, do you want to grab that or do you want me to? I can I can take a stab at that. Uh, Pretty simple answer, actually. And the answer is no, we are not suggesting that you short the stock. Um, Selling a stock that you own and shorting a stock are two completely different things. Um, just to give you an example, if you hold a stock and then you sell it, you you then have no exposure to the stock, positive or negative. Whereas if you short a stock, you continue to have exposure to it only just on the negative side. We don't ever advise people to short stocks. Um, personally, I believe I've never shorted a stock in my life. It's not that I necessarily have a a problem with shorting. I just think that it's um it's not an intelligent bet. 
when you go long on a stock, as long as you're not using um, debt or margin, your maximum loss is 100%. Whereas theoretically, your gain can be an infinite amount or almost an infinite amount. I mean, if you look at a company, you know, like Amazon that has been on a tear for the last 10 years, um, you can you can make any amount. You can make a thousand percent, ten thousand percent, but you can only lose one hundred percent. Whereas shorting is the exact opposite. The most you can make is one hundred percent. Actually, a little bit less when you account for fees. Um, yet you can lose um, far more than one hundred percent. You can, if the stock keeps going up and you don't cover your short, you can continue to lose. Um, as well, if you're talking about a dividend company you will have to pay the dividends if you're shorting the stock. Part of the cost of shorting will be paying the dividends. So we don't believe that shorting is a good bet. Um, and we've never advised people to do it. We've never done it ourselves. And we uh, we certainly don't intend for people to short stocks just because we put out a sell recommendation. Yeah, and then there are times when we sell a position because it's a valuation basis. Uh, it may be still a very good underlying business, and we're selling because we believe valuations have got in the near term or the midterm uh, a little bit too high. Um, that is definitely not the type of business that if we were ever going to recommend a short that we would short, one that is a very good business that just happens to be in the near term a little more expensive than we want to pay. There are other times when we sell a half position in a company and we actually really want to hold that uh, that other half position. It may be a stock that has gone up 100 or 200 or 300 percent. Uh, we see a long-term future of growth for that business. That would certainly not be a situation where we may have said sell, but we do not want to short that business. Uh, we wouldn't want to get in the way of the long-term gains of that business. So it's just not something that we do. And to, you know, people ask us, why don't we put out short reports on companies? Well, when we go through, for example, in Canada, 3,500 companies twice a year, uh, the companies that we discard, you know, the over 95% of the companies that we discard, we'd have to then tear through that list to see the poorest of that list. Um, by discarding those companies, it allows us to focus on the good businesses that we believe exist and really dig into those businesses. And that's why uh, we specialize in, you know, providing long-term recommendations. Uh, shorting would be a completely different game and we want to stick to what we do best. So hopefully I'm, that I'm going to actually add a little bit to this before we go on. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that we, uh, it's really a central part of our investing strategy is that we have the ability to be patient. So we typically, we enter into a stock um, expecting to, with a minimum time horizon of at least one to three years, you know, we're not looking for a return necessarily in six months. Oftentimes we do get it. That's great. Sometimes we have to be even a little more patient. Um but patience really is the key to investing because if you're if you're if you're impatient, that means that you're likely to be far more reactive to news, to other things that are going on, and to us that just kills investment performance. It's just being reactive and impatient. Now, the problem with shorting is that you it's really difficult to be patient when you're shorting a stock because for example if you go long a stock if you buy a stock and you know something happens with the market and the stock price goes down there's not really any cost to that um, to you as long as you just as long as you're not using debt or or margin to purchase the stock you can just continue to be patient hold the stock and um, as long as it's a good solid growth business then likely it will recover over time if that growth continues whereas with shorting 
you can't be as patient because as if if you're wrong and the stock is going up, which in the shorting world is the equivalent to the stock going down when you own it long. But if you short a stock and the price of the stock is going up, you're going to have to continue to make payments to your broker um, to, to cover that. And as well, if the stock pays dividends, you're going to have to make the dividend payments to the owner of the stock. So there are costs potentially in just holding onto it. Which means, you know, you really have to not just be right about the company. You have to be really right about the timing more so than if you're going long a stock. And just like a great example would be the 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 tech bubble back in the late 90s. You know, in the late 90s, um, people saw that there was a bubble. I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a mystery what was going on. You had multi billion dollar valuations being attached to companies with no revenue, no no business models, no earnings. And there were a lot of people that went out in the late 90s. They properly identified the fact that the market was um, ridiculously overvalued and they started shorting tech stocks. Well, they were right. um, But the problem is many of these people, and there are a lot of stories of these people, they were just a year or two too early. And um, before the bubble burst, there was a big run up in tech stocks. And it basically, it caused a lot of these people that were shorting tech companies to have to cover their short positions because they just couldn't afford to remain short. So even though they were right about the overvaluation in the market, um, because they were just a year or two early, they ended up losing a massive amount of money. So it's really... Shorting is is a very risky proposition. Now there may be some people that are very skilled at it, um, but it's 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 a much different exercise than just investing in stocks and going long. So certainly for the vast majority of investors, uh, we would advise against ever shorting a stock. Yeah, just like we advise, build a portfolio of great, solid businesses that you can invest in and are comfortable investing in over the long term. We believe that is the path to wealth and your financial freedom over the long term, uh, not overcomplicating it with strategies that can be very risky for the average investor. So let's look at our first Your Stock, Our Take question. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock our take buy sell or hold and this comes in from a listener that says he unfortunately has owned crypto logic for a couple of years now and lost basically all of his initial investment he asks us if there is any hope well let's take a look at crypto logic crypto logic corp symbol cry which is devilishly appropriate uh, given the stock's performance over the past few years on the CSE or the Canadian Stock Exchange. Company trades around 28.5 cents. Its market cap is a paltry 3.6 million right now. What does the company do? Well, typically this is a simple question to answer. In this case, uh, with CryptoLogic, even the company, like I said itself, seems a little bit confused. Now let's look at a business timeline here to help explain what I'm talking about. So in 2016, CryptoLogic, which was then known as Vagogo Inc., was a specialized payment processing business. This business was a complete failure, and in order to preserve cash, it shut down uh, to explore alternatives. In 2018, in a very hot cryptocurrency market, the company raised around $30 million to buy a company called Crypto205 Inc., which is engaged or was engaged in the business of mining for cryptocurrencies. On June 29, 2018, the company acquired another crypto miner for a whopping $46 million. 
Now, just five short months later, after an audit, the company was forced to impair the two crypto mining assets it just purchased by a total of $65.45 million. Put bluntly, these were just terrible purchases. Effective February 14th, 2019, the company conducted a 30 for one share consolidation. On July 31st, 2019, the company changed its name from Vagogo Inc. to CryptoLogic. Just four days later, the company, now known as CryptoLogic, entered into a non-binding letter of intent to purchase Wayland Group, a vertically integrated cultivator and processor of cannabis in Langdon, Ontario. Now, in conclusion here, the short history of this business would be rather comical if it did not lose over one hundred and three million dollars in investor capital during that process cryptologic a company whose name can't even keep up with the businesses it is operating on a day-to-day basis that is trying to sell its investors on is a cautionary tale to be frank there appears to be little in terms of long-term business plan here at cryptologic what we see is more of a scheme involving the raising of capital, uh, capital, promoting the hot segment of the day, enriching management, losing shareholder capital, rinse, and then repeat. If you want exposure to cryptocurrency, just buy a crypto itself, not CryptoLogic. We have zero interest in a type of business such as this. You know, that reminds me of, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a typical MO that we're seeing out there. Um, when you know junior mining was super hot you had a ex- huge explosion in junior mining companies then when cannabis was hot we actually saw many of i mean we'd go to conferences we would see the same companies that were in the mining booths now at the cannabis booths and when crypto became hot and blockchain became hot um they moved over to those booths and you know these aren't professionals these are just these are promoters right and and yeah, they're snake oil salesmen exactly and <laughs> well, yeah. you know i mean moving from industry to industry wherever it's hot wherever you can raise money and to anybody who listens to this and disagrees i challenge you to show me um a company that has done this that has moved from industry to industry or a team that has done this and yeah. has actually generated value for shareholders uh, no, I, I've we're not being too kind, happening. calling them any anything else than snake oil says. To be honest, like, and, and like, I'm I'm passionate about making investors money, and I get I get pissed off when I and see about businesses investing in real businesses like about putting yeah. your money and investing in businesses that are innovating, that are creating opportunities for investors, for their employees, um, that are that are essentially creating innovations that are improving the standard of living for people. I mean, that's part of what investing is and you can be part of these interesting trends that are actually making money and changing the world and you can make money doing that and there's i mean that's that that's a that's the great thing about investing um the ugly side of it of course is that you have these companies these promotional teams that are really just trying to raise money um from investors and they never they never do anything worthwhile yeah enriching management to complete disregard for shareholders using them as a means of raising capital and enriching themselves and uh, losing like this company has lost 103 million in shareholder capital it's astonishing that they're able to raise that money i think investors should become a little more educated or gets you know a research service out there potentially that would never invest in a business such as this uh, to help them out because uh there are a lot of investors losing a lot of money that doesn't have to be lost. And like Aaron said, the positive side of the investing, there's uh, s- s- 
investing in businesses. There are such great companies out there that you can invest in that create long-term wealth. And that's a great segue into our next company that we're going to talk about in your stock, our take. It's time we answer a question on your stock in a little segment we like to call your stock, our take. Buy, sell, or hold. Is Amazon.com Inc. Symbol AMZN on the NASDAQ. Aaron, you might as well take that one. Absolutely. So Amazon, wow, share price of $2,181, $2,181. It has a market cap of just shy of $1.1 trillion. So what does Amazon do? Probably the easier question would be to answer what do they not do because they do so many things. But Amazon is the world's largest on- online retailer. The company reported approximately $365 billion in gross merchandise sales in 2019, $281 billion in net sales to the company. Um, online product and digital media sales accounted for about 50% of the company's net revenue in 2019. Commissions, fulfillment, shipping fees, other third-party seller services accounted for 19% of net sales. Um, they also have Amazon Web Services, or AWS, which includes cloud computing, storage, app development, um, AI, machine learning services. This segment was 13% of their net sales. Their prime membership fees and other subscription-based services were 7%. And of course, they also own Whole Foods, um, which with their other physical store retail formats accounted for 6% of sales. Advertising services and co-branded credit cards were 5% of sales. Amazon stock price has been on a tear pretty much over any time horizon you can look at. The share the share uh, returns have averaged over 40% over the last five years, 40% per year over five years. And, they, and the share price was up 35% over the last 12 months. The narrative with Amazon is that they're a threat to every industry. Obviously, the company's online retail platform has been a major blow to brick and mortar retailers. Amazon is the leader in cloud computing as well and a major force in tech themes like AI and machine learning. Uh, They also purchased Whole Foods in 2017, and this has led to the belief by many that Amazon will successfully disrupt yet another industry. So looking at their financial performance, the company put out their fiscal Q4 2019 results on January 20th. A net sales increase for Q4 net sales increased 21% to $87 billion. Operating income was largely flat in the quarter, uh, about $3.9 billion in Q4 compared to $3.8 billion in Q4 of 2018. And earnings per share in the fourth quarter increased 7% to $6.47. For the full year, net sales increased 20% to $281 billion. Operating income increased 17% to $14.5 billion. And earnings per share increased 14% to $23.01. So looking at the share price, looking at the earnings per share, um, Amazon's valuation, price to earnings valuation based on 2019 results was 108 times earnings. So price to earnings ratio of 108 times. They have a price to cash flow ratio of approximately 30 times. First of all, congratulations to anyone who's owned this stock for any period of time. It's been a major winner, and there's no signs that this will necessarily change anytime soon. That said, the problem we have always had with Amazon comes down to valuation. The stock is fairly consistently traded over 100 times earnings, at least any time that I've checked in and done my research. 
this is a huge valuation and generally Keystone would want not consider a stock that trades at such a premium. Now, if the growth were higher, then that would be different. If, for example, we were very confident that earnings per share would be growing at a rate of 50% or higher over the next several years, then 100 plus times earnings as a PE multiple would not, would not be unjustified. Um, however, Amazon's growth has not really been that great. 20% revenue growth, 14% earnings growth uh, last year. These are attractive numbers, but they do not, in our opinion, justify the stock's current valuation. To be fair, Amazon has never really traded based on its earnings. Uh, it's traded based on future expectations that it will continue to disrupt and take over new industries. That's just not the way that Keystone invests. I do like the company's exposure to tech themes like cloud computing, AI, and machine learning. However, in our U.S. growth research, we have recommended other tech plays, which have actually performed much better over the last one or two years. Just as an example, we recommended Microsoft almost exactly a year ago. Microsoft is Amazon's next largest cloud computing competitor, and Microsoft over this period, over the past year, is up about 80%, um, which is more than twice the return of Amazon. So I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from investing in Amazon, but it is certainly not a company at this valuation that Keystone would recommend anytime soon. Yeah, I think that's a good summary. I mean, it's a great business, a great success story. Uh, investors have done tremendously well in it, uh, but you know, we you know, we have a discipline in terms of what we will pay in terms of valuation for a stock, and it's just never really been there for us. And we've selected other companies that you know, that have done tremendously well, uh, that uh, are in the tech center sector in the U.S. and will continue to invest in those businesses because we want exposure to cloud computing, AI, and machine learning and all these things. We can find it in different ways. Uh, Amazon is certainly doing great things in its segment. We just think it's been, you know, it's, very, it's priced to perfection and it has been succeeding to perfection. But uh, the more you buy businesses that are priced to absolute perfection, the more difficult it is over time in that 15 to 25 stock portfolio to be successful. So congrats to all Amazon shareholders. Uh, we are owning other businesses at this stage, though. So let's work into our weekly star of the week. From our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. star. That would be NVIDIA Corp, symbol NVDA on the NASDAQ. Brennan, I'm going to let you take that. Awesome. So they're currently trading at a price of uh, $309 and have a market cap of around $177 billion and a slight dividend yield of 0.22%. So NVIDIA focuses on personal computer, computer graphics, uh, graphics processing units, which is uh, the acronym GPU, and also on artificial intelligence. So it operates through two segments. Uh, it's graphics processing unit, uh, where about 85% of its revenue comes from. Uh, and this segment focuses on specialized markets for gamers, designers, and data scientists. And its second segment is Tegra processor, which integrates an entire computer onto a single chip and incorporates GPUs and central processing units to drive supercomputing, autonomous robots, drones and cars. 
Uh, so the stock was up around 16% this week and up over 80% in the past six months. Uh, and what's driving the stock here? The company really had a difficult 2019 with the share price consolidating after posting weak growth in its financials. Uh, and to put this into, into perspective, revenue decreased approximately 31% throughout the 2019 fiscal year. So it was a tough year for the company. But recently, the stock has rebounded and reached new all-time highs after posting record financial results and providing optimistic guidance. So looking at these financial results uh, for Q4 uh, 2020, revenue increased 40% to $3.11 billion compared to the same quarter last year. Adjusted EBIT or, or earnings before interest and tax improved 154% to $1.22 billion year over year. Fully diluted adjusted earnings per share was an increase of 136% to $1.89 per share. And despite the outbreak of the coronavirus, guidance for Q1 2021 indicated revenue of $3 billion and adjusted EBIT of approximately uh, $1.13 billion. So a big increase year over year, but sequentially, uh, guidance is relatively flat. Now, looking at the company's balance sheet, they have a net cash position of $8.3 billion, which we like to see. Uh, and on a current valuation basis, the company has a trailing price-to-earnings multiple of around 50 times, which I believe right now indicates a premium valuation for a premium stock. Uh, with the technology company here, we are certainly getting a tech valuation, but seeing the company's past weakness in 2019, I would be hesitant to purchase the stock uh, at the current valuation. NVIDIA is a great company, and I believe as the world becomes more interconnected and dependent on data, more and more companies will come to rely on NVIDIA's products. Uh, if someone wanted exposure to gaming, AI, and computing, I personally think that NVIDIA would be a decent stock to hold, but they are not currently a company that Keystone is recommending to clients right now. Uh, as Aaron kind of alluded to earlier, we have a few other US recommendations in the tech sector uh, that we like over NVIDIA. So we will continue to monitor the stock going forward, but its recent share price performance after its turnaround in its financials make it our star of the week. NVIDIA is a very interesting company, and they, they really are um, a big part of the, the AI theme. Um, any type of, uh, you know, robotics revolution, um, Internet of Things, that kind of thing, it's, 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 uh, it's a company that um, essentially what they do is the GPUs, the graphic processing units, traditionally they were used um, for gaming, but because artificial intelligence um, can be such a, a data intensive, computationally intensive um, process, they found several years ago that the GPUs actually worked very well for, for AI applications, particularly with respect to, to deep learning. So as AI continues to um, become more and more a part of society, uh, there's going to be greater demand for this type of technology in these processing units. And NVIDIA has certainly been a leader. So I think that long term, they look interesting in that space. I, I mean, I would agree, Brennan, I don't know if they're a short term recommendation right now, but um, certainly an interesting story. Without a doubt, a company that, uh, you know, if you want exposure to that sector, it's certainly one you want to watch. Now, I think that does it for our show this week. I'd like to thank uh, our listeners and our clients for sending in their questions. Keep those questions coming into our Your Stock, Our Take segment, our Ask Us Anything segments as well. Uh, we'd like to wish you all out there profitable investing. Thank you. Profitable investing. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>